Every time I read this passage from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, it reminds me of, of the time I was, uh, was immediately after my ordination and I was leading a, a group of RCIA uh, candidates for a Catholic faith. It was a large group, but this particular group was mostly made up of quite young people in their early 20s. Some were married or preparing for marriage, and they were from both Catholics and, and from other tradition. And it was a very interesting group. And um, I had to prepare all the lessons throughout the year and you know, uh, try to lead them into our faith for this whole, it was, it was from September all the way to, at that time, April. And I was looking and I was thinking about what type of prayer could we pray as a group? What type of prayer we would be able to kind of start each gathering, each class that we had? And, and I was looking at letter from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, and I found this prayer, which actually, this is the prayer that we utter today, we read today. And it is something like this. First of all, St. Paul says, hearing of your faith in the Lord Jesus and of your love for all the holy ones, I do not cease giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And that the Lord, of, and, that, and that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, and he continues, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation resulting in the knowledge of him. At that time, I felt here they are, a lot of young faces wishing to know our faith, wishing to really live our faith. And I saw great enthusiasm there. And so when I was looking at that letter from St. Paul, people, first of all, he was grateful for their faith. They would not be there without faith already. They had faith. It was in a complete faith. They wanted to be Catholics in every way. They wanted to follow the Catholic tradition. And so, so I read this prayer and I said, I'd like to pray with you this prayer. Um, and it starts off, as you know, not only the Thanksgiving, but that our Lord Jesus may give you a spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of revelation resulting in the knowledge of him. So he says, may the eyes of your hearts be enlightened that you may know what is the hope that belongs to his call. What are the riches of his glory in his inheritance among the holy ones? So what is, the, what is St. Paul asking for that community of Ephesians? He says, first of all, that God may give you a spirit of wisdom and knowledge of revelation. That God may give you. We can't attain that wisdom, the divine wisdom without God. It's not possible for us because we enter into a world which goes beyond our intellectual grasp because it touches the heart. And so this is what we do. We, we ask the Lord is that he may give us the capacity to grasp the truth that God wishes to reveal to us. And that truth goes beyond intellectual grasp because it touches the heart. And so because we, we wish to love the one that we know, we wish to love the one that we embrace. And so that, that, so first of all, that prayer is that God may give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation 
resulting in the knowledge of him. But then he also says, may the eyes of your hearts be enlightened, the eyes of your hearts, so that you may know what is the hope that belongs to his call, the hope that you may, be, that you may realize the hope. And what is hope? What is Christian hope? Christian hope is understanding what God has prepared for those who love him. Christian hope is, is that reality which awaits us, that God has promised in Christ. This is what hope is. Hope is that reality. And so it's not just wishful thinking. It's not, I hope this would take place. I hope this will be like in the future. But it's the hope is the reality. And so this is why St. Paul says that may, in, the, in that prayer, may the eyes of your hearts be enlightened that you may know that you may know what is the hope that belongs to his call and what are the riches of his glory in his inheritance among the, uh, the holy ones, riches of glory, inheritance. When we pray that we may be found worthy, that we may be able to obtain the promises of Christ. You know, sometimes we use that expression. And so promises of Christ is to be, to be like Christ, to, be, to share in his glory. And so it's not only that we may come to know that hope, but it is also what is the surpassing greatness of his power for us who believe. The surpassing greatness of his power for us who believe. What is that greatness of his power? To be God-like. That we have the capacity. That we have a gift. This is the power, the power that flows from the Eucharist, the power that flows from prayer, the power that flows from the, from the cross, you know, the blood and water that flows from the heart of Christ. And so not only that, we may believe, that we may accept, that we may understand, <clears throat> but also that in accord with the exercise of this great might, which you work in Christ, raising him from the dead and seating him at the right hand in the heavens, and so that we may grasp also who this Jesus is, who he is. He is the one <clears throat> who is above every principality, every authority, every power, every dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come, that we may only know the fullness of Christ. You know, St. Paul doesn't have to say all these things which Jesus is greater because he's the son of God but he wants to show them people believe in all kinds of powers you know powers of the stars you know new ages are nothing new at that time they also believe you know these, all these things they believe in whatever you call you know the you know the the, the type of, of um, you know some powers that I have whatever it is I can bestow these things is this as St. Paul says everything he's above everything is above, you know, whatever you would wish these things to be, what is political, is spiritual powers, whatever it is, he's greater than all, above all, because it is the Father who placed it, everything under his feet, and he gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. So you see, this is the, the, the gifts that God has given to us, gifts that he has given to us in Christ. So this is what St. Paul says, Jenny. I have to tell you, the group that I ended up with, 
it's unusual because usually you complete when you're baptized, you complete the, um, you know, the, the, the journey of both preparations to become Catholic. But this particular group didn't want to disband. So they say, could we have a second year? A second year of RCIA. This was, can be a second year of RCIA, but it's what is known as the post-baptismal catechesis, which was done in the early church. Post-baptismal catechesis, that means you kind of continue to grow in faith. And they spent the whole year, they didn't disband. They wanted to come. And so we tackled all kinds of other issues, you know, not only the moral issues, contraception, abortions, everything else, but also how to live out Catholic faith in a community setting, in a family setting, uh, in, in a social justice setting as well, you know, because of the great responsibility. And it was really exciting. And I always remember, oh, I'm grateful to that because that was the only group. Other groups just wanted to complete the journey and that was it. And so they remain in my heart for so many years because I see who they were. I wish to be perhaps maybe in contact with them again. But the fact is that, that they, they, they showed and manifested this desire, this longing to grow closer and closer to the Lord. And here today in our gospel, <clears throat> Jesus says something very profound. He says, people who utter blasphemies against Jesus, the Son of God, he says, the sins will be forgiven. Sometimes you see in the internet, you know, the ugly side of people wanted to rip, you know, our faith, who just, just kind of be me and Jesus in every way. The Lord says those sins will be forgiven. That's amazing, you know, that God in his mercy will forgive our stupidity, our, our limited knowledge or whatever the deformations we have experienced as young people or have entered into path of atheism or whatever it is. All those sins we're forgiven, but there's one sin that cannot be forgiven is when we do not, when we refuse the Holy Spirit, when we refuse to say uh, and acknowledge God. Because you see, once we block ourselves from God, then God leaves us in our freedom. He may inspire us, He may inspire us through others, but we still have that freedom. And so, therefore, when somebody refuses to accept, Forgiveness when somebody refuses to accept faith, then God cannot do anything because he respects our freedom. And so that sin cannot be forgiven because, because it's not, God cannot overpower, overcome our freedom. And so this is when, when Jesus says these profound words, because these are, this is the truth, the truth that he wishes to share with us. Today we honor St. Teresa of Avila. Perhaps many of you know you know her because she was quite not only a, a great teacher of faith, especially of prayer, but also a great witness, a doctor of the church, which the church has established her. Um, who was she? Very interesting lady. Her father was a knight, was a kind of rough guy. He wanted to marry her off as quickly as possible, and she was quite rebellious. <laughs> Her mother passed away when she was 15. And then um, she went, she was sent to, I guess sent or maybe volunteer. I do not know exactly what the content was, but, but her father was sent her because um, she was so rebellious. He said, I can't do anything with you. <laughs> and, and at that time, many were sent to, 
to uh, religious communities. Remember St. Shakespeare, who used to say, go, go thee to the nunnery, you know, uh, meaning that there was a way, if you couldn't get married, then you should go to a nunnery, you know, be there. And, and many of those who entered religious life at that time were more for social pressure. They couldn't get married, then they would come there. But they didn't really live a religious life in that authentic way, did not live a life of prayer. And so eventually, St. Teresa of Avila herself, she entered, but she didn't really go through a deep conversion until later, when the Lord seemed to have allowed her to go through all kinds of troubles and difficulties and lack of ability to even to pray was under spiritual direction that the, uh, she couldn't pray, so the spiritual director gave her only to recite Our Father three, three, three times a day. Only the, uh, that's the only thing she did. She had such a difficulties with prayer that he gave her that. But as you know, eventually she wrote this beautiful commentary on Our Father because that's all she did. She prayed the Our Father. She began to reflect deeply on, on the significance of each word and the significance of the Our Father prayer. She wrote a beautiful book on Our Father. She was someone who began on this path of prayer, and later on, eventually, she wrote her biography about her, the, the path by which the Lord took her, and she gave witness both to the difficulties in prayer, but also the, the various stages of prayer she, that she was um, she was able to encounter and then ultimately succeed. She gives a beautiful witness to that power of grace at work, the power of God's love at work in her. She said that in order for us to attain perfection, we have to go by the path of Christ in his humanity, sacred humanity. What does that mean? Is that we reflect on who Jesus is by the gospel witness to both his words, his actions, his suffering, death, and rising. That means we attain the level of perfection of life by actually entering through the humanity of Christ. He, she calls it sacred humanity because it is. Jesus is both God and, and man. And so it is by, by reflecting on his life that we come to know him more and more by reflecting on his humanity, which makes us, which makes possible for us to not only enter this communion, but also to reflect and meditate and grow in our faith. Prayer for her is entering into this dialogue with, uh, with, with, with Jesus, dialogue with him in his humanity. And, to, and then recognizing the divinity within that humanity. Prayer was, was extremely important. There's no other path by which we come into great holiness but by path of prayer. It was interesting when, it was, it was uh, before the reform, at the age of 50, she introduced this type of reform, which we today know as the Discos Carmelites, uh, the discourse meaning without shoes, wearing sandals primarily, but without shoes. So that's what discourse karma means. She asked 
St. John of the Cross, who was younger than she was, but became very much uh, attached to one another, especially because of, of the incredible desire for that reform, that, that religious life will be reformed. And as you know, this was during the time of the Council of Trent. Just before that, there's lots of problems within the church. There's lots of problems with, 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 with priests, religious, as you know. And so she asked St. John, he says, what do I do? I have a convent of sisters who don't seem to pray or don't want to pray. They, they like to talk and gossip and whatever else. He says, he says, what should I do? What should I do? And St. John of the Cross said, we begin with prayer, prayer. If you introduce people to pray, then slowly, even though there's so many obstacles to prayer because we, we are distracted, we are sometimes, you know, so preoccupied with things that we have a hard time focusing on God. But nonetheless, when we begin with prayer and asking the Holy Spirit to, to lead us into a deep prayer, he says then, when people discover prayer and they begin to like to pray, then they will transform their lives because it's not possible for someone who's in communion with God through prayer to still remain where they are. Not possible. So any form of renewal, any form of renewal of our own personal life or even life of a nation, it has to begin with prayer. It has to. It has to begin with prayer. We're reading scripture, we're meditating on words of, of, of the Lord through his sacred humanity. And so here we are as a nation. The difficulties that we have, you know, the problems of misunderstanding, the, 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 the you know, putting ourselves into these two, two camps, you know, fighting each other every, every, every possible way. Well, because we have not come to know the Lord, the Lord will be a source of unity for us. Because if we were focused on him, and focus on how he is leading us, how he can overcome the various brokenness within each one of our hearts, then, then we will grow closer and closer to unity. Our nation cannot attain perfect unity, even if we are named the United States of America, a, a, a pluribus unum. We cannot attain without God. It's not possible, not possible. He is a source of unity. There's no great egalité, liberté, and whatever you want to call, uh, that will not lead us. You know, the great, great models of, of French Revolution will not lead us. God will lead us. God will be able to overcome the, that, that brokenness because God will focus us on what we need to do, who we are to be, what are the values that God gives. That, that's the path which means the invitation to us, all of us, to pray, to pray, pray for one another, pray for the conversion of our leadership, pray for the openness to the Holy Spirit so that they may hear and understand and grasp what God is asking us to do. Humanity will not survive, no nation will survive without God, no one. Because what happens is that when we are when we, we, when we think of self-interest and when we think of whatever we wish, you know, to protect whatever values, you know, whether it's proportions, whatever it may be, what do we do? We're thinking only of, of ourselves, of our needs, or whatever it is, or perhaps even faith, false charity. 
when we ask the Lord, he says, help me to understand every time we pray the Our Father, what we ask for, his kingdom, that his kingdom may come. And what is his kingdom? His kingdom of love and justice and mercy. That's what we're asking for, his, the God's presence in this world. That's what we're praying. So praying even the Our Father will help us already uh, understand, help us to understand what the purpose and mission and goals of our life is. We ask that his kingdom will come. We ask for his will to be done. And what is his will? Our salvation. How do we ask for that will? And we seem to throw people out, cancel them, reject them, show them that they mean nothing to us. How many people tell me about the pains and sufferings they endure because of Facebook, you know, cancellations, and they say something and they're written off and they're, they're ridiculed. That's because we don't have God in our hearts. We don't have the gift which God wishes to bestow upon us because we reject it or we consider it unimportant. We have the means to, attain, to, to uh, draw each other closer Yes, we have all these means, the social means of communication, and we can draw them, even those who reject us, even those who do not accept us. We have the power to pray, remind them of what we can do for them. And this is what I think that St. Teresa of Avila, as a, as a doctor of church, can teach us. She can teach us that all begins with prayer, all conversion, all transformation, all changes begins with prayer, because we, first of all, praise, receive the Lord, embrace him, and then we continue on this path of great and profound renewal. Early on, I, when I entered religious life, I came across a prayer, which was known as, let nothing disturb you, St. Teresa's prayer. He says, let nothing disturb you. Let nothing frighten you. All things are changing or passing, all things. God alone never changes. Patient attains all, patient endurance attains all. Being patient with each other, patient with, with our limitations, ourselves. And for those who love God and choose God, have all things. because God alone can suffice. God alone will suffice. Powerful prayer that she uttered. Another prayer that she had, remember, Christ has no hands but ours. God has, Christ has no feet but ours. God has no heart but ours. We are Christ for each other. And he within us gives us the power to be like him. So maybe then today, as we continue with the sacred liturgy, we're invited to both contemplate the fact is that God has chosen us from, from the very beginning. Two days ago, as we began letter from Ephesians, it says God has chosen us from, from before the world was made before Adam and Eve. He chose us to be holy and immaculate, to be holy and blameless in his sight. That was God's will, because he wanted to share with us his life of glory. 
That's beautiful. And that in Christ, he has formed us. In Christ, has redeemed us. In Christ, he shares everything with us. And then today, St. Paul says to the Ephesians, he says, remember, pray. I pray for you, pray for each other, that you may attain that fullness of knowledge, of love, of his ways, of who he wishes you to be. And then, you know, in our... In our gospel, the Lord is reminding us, do not fight or write off the Holy Spirit as inspirations, who's calling us and leading us. Because otherwise, if you do, it will be to your own detriment. Finally, the image of, of the great saint, Saint Teresa of Avila, pray, pray, grow in prayer, and God will transform you your family, community, our nation, our world. Because prayer is entering into this profound union with God who gives us the energy, the ability, gives us everything so that we may attain that fullness of hope, the fullness of life, of glory, and the happiness for which the Lord has called us. He wants us to be with him, and he'll do everything for us so that we may be able to attain it. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.